your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June 14th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, ready to start another week. Excited about the way we've been flying through the offseason. I mean, I'll tell you, it's so funny. Leading up to the draft, you think, okay, here's a lot of action leading up to the draft. And then you think, okay, well, you know, there's a couple camps here, a couple camps there, and then there's going to be a dead period. But I feel like here on the uh, Locked On Raiders podcast, we've been talking about so many different subjects that the offseason has been flying by. And before you know it, Boom, going to be talking about training camp. Then going to be talking about preseason. Then going to be talking about the regular season. I'm very, very excited and very pumped up about that. So here we are for another week. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, you got your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That's the number. Got a lot of good feedback by way of text message and calls about a bunch of different subjects. So you'll hear all that coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, going to talk about Derek Carr. And no, this is not a Derek Carr bashing session because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that all offseason. I've been talking about that. Derek Carr is not the biggest subject that I want to talk about. There's defense you want to talk about. There's red zone efficiency you want to talk about. There's so many different things that go along with the Raiders that don't have to do with the quarterback that I want to talk about. But I did want to talk about Derek Carr today. And again, since it's not a bashing session or is he the guy, is he not the guy, you know, that same old tired narrative, I figured it was a good conversation to have. So what I want to talk about today when it comes to Derek Carr is what do you need to see from him in 2021? What does Derek Carr have to do to take that next step? He's improved every single year under head coach John Gruden since Gruden returned to the sidelines in 2018. So what do you want to see from Derek Carr in 2021 to make you feel like, hey, when his contract comes up and it's coming up pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry, what do you need to see to make you feel confident that the Raiders need to extend him? And on top of that, what do they extend him for as the going rate for quarterbacks is a lot right now? So we'll talk about all of that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number one, we're giving you the news and the notes of the day as I always do. And before I get into that, I do want to tell you that today's episode is being brought to you by rockauto.com. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need rockauto.com. Let them know that the Locked On Raiders podcast sent you and uh, you'll be good to go. I'll tell you more about rockauto.com later on in the show. But let's go ahead and jump into the news and the notes of the day. Stuff I collected over the weekend. And there wasn't a whole lot to going on over the weekend, but uh, I, I am pretty excited that over the weekend Max Crosby, Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon, all three of those guys attended Von Miller's Sack Summit in Las Vegas. And I think it's kind of funny that you know they're, they're at Von Miller's Sack Summit and he has those guys there as Vaughn's a Denver Bronco, but he has it each and every year. But I, I like to see Max Crosby, Solomon Thomas, and Darius Phylon there because it shows that these guys are hungry. It shows that these guys aren't satisfied. Look, Max Crosby's been really good. Two years in a league, 17 and a half sacks so far, that's really good. He could rest on that and say, hey, I don't need to be there. I don't need to do this. But instead, he decides he's going to go show up at one of the best pass rushers in the league in Von Miller, his camp, and just kind of learn some more tricks to the trade. I think that's good. DeMarcus Ware, 
great pass rusher in the league with the Cowboys for a long time and won a Super Bowl ring with the Denver Broncos. He was there helping give a little bit of instruction. But to see that Crosby, Thomas, and Phylon were all there shows you about their mentality, that they're not just resting on what they feel like, okay, I'm already talented. I don't need any more instruction. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do or show me what to do. To see these guys out there and actually participating, that tells you all you really need to know that these guys are hungry to get better. Max Crosby has the the making to be such a super stud. This dude could take his game from where it's at right now, which is good, to great. And, of course, the Raiders and Gus Bradley and Ron Marinelli and everyone like that, they want Max Crosby to take that game to the next level. But I'll tell you, with that want to and them being there, that is that is impressive to me because they, they could. I mean, they've been going through OTAs. You know, they're going to have uh, mandatory mini camps going to get started this week. They don't have to be there. They could have said, you know what, we'll get some get some work in at, at camp. Instead, they decided, hey, this event's going on in Vegas. We're going to be here, and we're going to make sure that we're a part of it. And so Crosby, Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon, all there. Von Miller, he actually said at the end of the camp that, uh, you know, he, uh, he learned a few things from Max Crosby. He actually said that. I've learned a few things from Crosby. So that's that's pretty cool, too, that a young dude is teaching the old vet a couple things. And then he also said Max Crosby is the Raiders franchise guy. So, uh, you know, just because Von Miller says it doesn't mean that it's, it's solid gold. But it, it's cool to know that he sees a little something-something in Max Crosby. And I think that all the Raider Nation sees a little something-something in Max Crosby as he's, uh, like I said, 17 and a half sacks over the first couple years in the league. And I believe he's only going to get better, especially this year. I don't think he's going to have to take his snaps and I think you'll see more um, more more success I think you'll see more more stats more numbers uh, you know all that because he'll take uh, he'll take more or less snaps so he'll be more fresh when he's ready to rock and roll so that was one of the things I saw over the weekend that I thought was really cool and then the other thing I wanted to mention was that mandatory minicamp does get started this week the Raiders are going to hold it June 15th through the 17th and a lot of the league is not doing it. A lot of the league is deciding that they're going to skip mandatory minicamp uh, because they just feel like they did enough work during OTAs or they feel like they don't need to do it and they're just going to show up at training camp. I like the fact that the Raiders are doing it. I like the fact that they've pretty much been on point with everything. OTAs, they've had a ton of people show up for OTAs. And that's voluntary. Also, you know, all the, uh, you know, the vaccine stuff and, and that I know a lot of people feel a certain way about it. But just knowing that they're all on the same page, that's a big deal. Now, knowing that the Raiders are still putting in the work and they're going to do the mandatory minicamp, that's huge as well. Also, it's been reported by Vinny Bonsignor from uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal and also Raider Nation Radio 920. He said the expectations are for the Raiders is that Josh Jacobs, Yannick Ngakwe, and Quentin Jefferson will all attend mandatory minicamp uh, next week, which was this week. So June 15th through 17th, which is tomorrow through the 17th, the Raiders will have mandatory minicamp at their facility there in Henderson, and everybody should be there. Jacobs, Ngakwe, Jefferson, and the rest of the team that's already been there. And I know a lot of people have been uh, kind of not upset, but just why is Josh Jacobs away from the team. Why isn't Gakwe away from the team? Apparently, the team knew that both those guys were going to be training on their own. So that's fine. As long as they're training, they're handling their business, and they're ready to rock and roll when it comes time for mandatory minicamp, which is only three days, then that's a good thing. And then after that, they have some time off, and that's the time that you get worried. Not really worried. I think that's the wrong word. But I, I think just you get... You know, you, you just have to understand that they've got to stay disciplined and they got to continue to work on their own between the end of mandatory minicamp and the beginning of training camp because it's about a month. 
because uh, training camp doesn't start till the mid mid July. So uh, there's a there's that time frame when hey there's a, there's some downtime. You don't know exactly what they're doing. But a mandatory mini camp gets kicked off tomorrow. Everybody is expected to be in attendance, and I think that's a good thing for the Raiders who have been committed to really working this off season. So I mean, if they're not that successful this year, it's not from lack of effort because that's one thing that they've been showing is that they're very, very committed to to effort. They're committed to competing. They're committed to being there and learning, and that's what they've been doing all offseason long. So I feel like that gives them a good step in the right direction. Does that mean they're going to go win 10, 11 games? No, but it does let, let it be known that these guys are all on the same page and they're all committed to trying to get to the next level, taking that next step. And that's really all you can ask. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes I collected over the weekend. Coming up in segment number two, what do you need to see from Derek Carr in 2021? And you're probably asking, well, what do you mean by that? I'll explain it. Coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport in action. Baseball, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. It's all going on. I mean, the Suns just swept the Nuggets. I knew that the Suns, or I felt pretty confident the Suns were going to beat the Nuggets. But to sweep them? Man, I didn't see that coming. Uh, to see the the Nets and the Bucks tied up at two? Didn't see that coming either. Either way you go. BetOnline.ag, they've got you covered. So before the next pitch, the next home run, the next slam dunk, make sure you head over to the website, check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines and get into the game. Your team's about to make a run to the playoffs or are in the playoffs, you can too. Go on to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, you got to use the promo code Locked On. That's how you get that 50% welcome bonus, again, on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about Derek Carr. No, this is not a slander. This is not a bash Derek Carr moment. This is none of that. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Not at all. I just want to know, and this is something I sat around a lot over the weekend on Sunday and really thought about, and was like, what do I want to see from Derek Carr? And I've talked about like ball security a couple times, but in general, just how does Derek Carr, the quarterback of the Raiders, take that next step in year, well, heading into year four under John Gruden. He's improved every single season since Gruden has returned to the sideline. So, obviously, these two guys have been getting along fine, even though the narrative is Gruden hates him, he wants to replace him, he's not his kind of guy. I mean, you hear all this stupid narrative. It's so funny, whenever people hit me up to do an interview, and I've had a few as of late, and they're like, oh, how? what, what is the Raiders going to do? Derek Carr's not John Gruden's guy, and I keep telling them, why isn't he? Why isn't he his guy? If he wasn't his guy, he would already be gone. Look how many guys are gone from the roster. If Derek Carr wasn't the dude, he'd already be gone. But that's a whole nother conversation. That's for the ones that don't pay attention. They just read the headlines. They read what ESPN National, what Fox Sports Central, uh, not Central Texas, Fox Sports National says. You know, just stuff like that. That's that's where they're coming from. But I just want to know, Raider Nation, because obviously you pay attention to the team. You pay attention to the quarterback. You pay attention to John Gruden. What do you need to see from Derek Carr in 2021 to say, okay, he's going to, he's definitely the guy. Right now, Derek Carr is signed through 2022. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. 
He's owed 19.5 million in 2021 and then 19.7 in 2022. That's the next few years. That's his contract. Very reasonable. So, one, I want to say, what do you expect him to do? What do you need him to do? And then, on top of that, when his contract comes up or when it comes time to extend him, is he a $40 million guy? Or is he a guy that they say, um, we're going to try to get you with $32 million or $33 million? Like, I just can't see the Raiders paying $40 million for anybody a year. You know what I mean? I just, I just can't. And I know that Derek Carr, and I know that the quarterback is the most valuable position. I just don't see the Raiders giving $40 million to Derek Carr. And that, again, that's not bashing him. That's just a lot of money for one player. So when you look at Derek Carr, you look at 4,103 yards in 2020, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions, completion percentage, 67.3 and 101.4 rating. What do you think? Okay, where does he improve on that? Over 4,000 yards passing, really good. 27 touchdowns. Me, personally, I'd like to see about 35, 36 touchdowns. You know, the Raiders were a top 10 offense in 2020. Top 10, but then they were ranked around 23 when it came to red zone scoring. So that's one of the big issues right there. I think that that does not fall 100% on the quarterback, but I think that Derek Carr needs to be more efficient in the red zone. Make more things happen in the red zone. You know, get the get more guys involved and score touchdowns and not so many field goals. I mean, again, think about this. Top 10 in offense, that's great. But ranked 23rd in, 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 in red zone scoring, that means that you're in the bottom half of the league as far as scoring touchdowns, but you're in the top 10 of the league as far as offense, which is just yards. Yards are great, but... It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how many yards you, you get. It, you can do whatever you want between the 20s. If you can't finish the job in the end zone or the red zone, there's a problem. So I think that that's one of the areas that, you know, he needs to continue to improve on is being more efficient in the red zone. Now, that's not 100% on him. That's on the coaching staff as well, uh, looking squarely at John Gruden as far as offensive play calling. But still, Derek Carr understands the importance of getting into the end zone. So as the quarterback, he's got to do that. So those are the passing yards and the passing stats that he had. I would like to see him over 30 touchdowns. I'll say that. Uh, I don't think in 2020, 2021, any of these years, especially with the way that the league is set up now, I don't think that any really good quarterback should be less than 30 touchdowns. I really don't. So him having 27 touchdowns, that was kind of, uh, to me, it was kind of, not a red flag, but it just kind of let me know, like, hey, by the way, this is going on. Uh, I will say... He ran the ball 39 times in 2020 for 140 yards, had three touchdowns, and he had three fumbles. Those three fumbles, those are problematic. But as far as I'm concerned, I mean, those, those rushing yards he had, 140 yards, those are the most he's ever had in his career. That's something, if anyone's been listening to this podcast for over a year, maybe even a couple years, I've always said Derek Carr's got to continue to improve with his leg. He's got to be able to keep plays alive. He's got to be able to pick up first downs here and there. He's got to be able to scramble. He's not going to be fleet-footed. He's not Marcus Mariota. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not any of those guys. But he, he can. He's athletic enough to keep plays alive and pick up first downs here and there. So for him to pick up 140 yards in 2020 and that being the most yards he's ever ran for in his career, I think that's big. Now, I will say this, he ran for 138 yards in 2015 on 33 carries, so he actually had more yards per carry on that one than he did in 2020, but still, 140 yards in 2020 and then 138 yards in 2015, those are the highest totals he's ever had on the ground. So, 
Clearly, he can get it done. Again, he's not going to be a guy that's going to put 500, 600 yards up. He's not going to do all that. But he can keep plays alive. Uh, one of the things I've said multiple times on the podcast that I'd like to see from Derek Carr is when it gets a little scary and a little hairy in the in the pocket, he's got to hold on to that rock a little bit better. He's got to make sure that he doesn't fumble. His, his turnovers as far as interceptions are always low. Nine interceptions, that's not bad at all. I, I'm not going to be mad at that at all. But – the, the turnovers where it's just strip sacks and fumbling, that's an issue. I'd like to see him cut back on that. I'd also like to see him take a few more shots. I, and this is just me. I'd like to see him taking a few more shots, and I know that him and Nelly had a nice little rapport in 2020, but I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive at times. You know, and just sometimes it's not going to always be there, but he's got to at sometimes just go ahead and, and, and let it rip. You know, if it's Henry Ruggs, if it's Darren Waller, if it's anybody that can get get down the field, he's got to be able to do that. And again, that's not something that's got to happen all the time, but I think he's got to do it a little bit more. The one thing about the Raiders offense in 2020 is that opposing defenses weren't scared. They weren't scared of, oh, my God, I think they're going to try to go hit this big play. Like when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, when you see the Chiefs play, every defense knows there's a chance that they're going to take a shot deep every time. The Raiders have to at least have that thought in, in opposing defense's mind. These guys are going to stretch the field quick, fast, and hurry, whether it's with Ruggs, whether it's with Waller, whether it's with Hunter Renfro. I mean, whoever it is, they're going to take a shot. Zay Jones, I don't care, Brian Edwards, whatever. They, they're going to take shots. They've got to establish, and I, when I say they, I mean the Raiders, they've got to establish the fact that and the fear in other uh, defenses that they're going to be aggressive and they're going to take what they want. What did Al Davis say? We take what we want. Not what the defense is going to give us. We're going to take what we want. The Raiders have to find a way to do that as well. And, you know, we talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, Julio Jones and, and what he could do if he was a Raider. Well, he's not. So the guys that they have there are going to have to step up. Brian Edwards, he's going to have to be a factor, you know, not only in the red zone, but also all, all over the field because his big frame, he's got a big body. He's got great vice grip like hands where he could just go up and snatch it where the ball doesn't come into your, you know, your body. That's always a positive. So he's going to have to go ahead and do that. Henry Ruggs is going to have to get involved in a major way. Hunter Renfro, I think he's just going to have to continue to do what he does. And Darren Waller, he's going to have to continue to do what he does. And, and those two guys uh, are really going to be uh, very fast. And I think I think Hunter Renfro is going to be a very, very important guy in 2021. I really, really do. I think he has an opportunity, especially if Henry Ruggs starts playing really well early, that Hunter Renfro kind of he can kind of be like that, uh, that undetected dude. You know, just kind of like that guy that nobody's really paying attention to. And then all of a sudden he could thrive as well. But uh, Carr's got to be able to stretch the field. Carr's got to be able to, you know, continue to, you know, use use his legs like he did in 2020. Uh, 140 yards, if he gets a little bit more than that, fine. I'm good with that. Uh, three touchdowns, that was great on the ground. Three fumbles, not great. He can't fumble the ball. He's got to be able to find a way to hold on the ball. Ball security is a must. So if he can continue to do that, that would be good. Now, the other question, like I said, is what do you think is a fair value for Derek Carr? If, he, if he's able to do everything that we just talked about, What's the value? And when do you sign him on a contract extension? He signed through 2022. So do you wait till he's a unrestricted free agent? Do you have to put the franchise tag on him? Do you sign him a little bit early like they did with Darren Waller and Colton Miller and other guys? Do you do that so you make sure that you have him at a reasonable rate? What do you do? Because right now, the going rate's $40 million a year. Is Derek Carr the guy that you gotta you want to you wanna put $40 million a year in? Probably not. I, I honestly don't think any quarterback 
should get $40 million. I don't think there's any player in the league that should get $40 million a year, but that's just me. You know quarterbacks are going to get that now. So what's reasonable? What's a reasonable rate for Derek Carr if they, they decide they want to extend him? If they want to extend him, that'd be great because that can lower the salary cap, You know their, their, uh, their salary hit that they have right now. But I just kind of scratch my head and say, well, damn, $40 million is the going rate right now. I don't see the Raiders doing that. I don't see the Raiders giving up $40 million for anybody. So is it $32 million? Is it $33 million? Is it $35 million? 30? I mean, where do you go? Where's, what's the number that you, you, you say, you know what? I'm comfortable with that. How do you structure a contract for a guy moving forward? Or do you not? Do you just assume that you're going to go get a guy in the draft or you're going to go sign someone else and, and they're going to be able to take that place? Is that guy on the roster? I don't think it is. I mean, you got Nate Peterman and you, you got Marcus Mariota, but I, I just I don't see either one of those guys taking the torch and running with it. I think this is Derek Carr's job. As much as I've talked about him before and saying, hey, they got to find a guy that's a little bit more athletic, I feel like the way that this thing has been building and progressing, this is Derek Carr. It's, I feel like he kind of is going to be the guy until he doesn't want to be the guy anymore. They have him through 2022. I can see him being extended another three years. I just want to know what's the, what's the price per year. Now, if you only sign him three years, and maybe you give him $40 million a year, it's still, it's a, what, you know, $120 million? Okay. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe that's how you justify it. I don't know. But at some point, this situation is going to be addressed, and that's why we're really talking about it. Again, not talking about if he's the guy, talking about he is the guy, but how do you, how do you approach the guy when his contract is coming to a close? So 707-654-4693, Locked on Raider Podcast voicemail line. Love to hear from you. What do you think? What would you like to see from Derek Carr in 2021? How does he take his game to the next level? And if the Raiders go to extend him, what, what do you think is reasonable? What do you think is fair on both ends that you would expect the Raiders to try to address him with that contract extension? Let me know about it. 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number three is your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the show. And the first one is Built Bar. They got nine delicious flavors. Plus, they got occasional, like, limited time flavors. So, uh, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. All those are available right now. But if you check out the website from time to time, there's always an, a flavor that's just a one, two, three-day kind of event. You know, you can go ahead and, and get that. Either way you look at it, man, there's always some great flavors. There's always something that for everyone, basically. I love coconut almond, and I know it's not for everybody, but that's kind of my get down. If you haven't tried all the flavors, go ahead and get yourself a mix box. You can get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 bars. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, and they're great for you. So go ahead and do that. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 is going to save you 15% off your order just like that. Again, BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 is going to save you 15% off your order when you check out. I also want to tell you about RockAuto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. What you got to do right now is go to RockAuto.com. Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they've got everything. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. It doesn't matter if your car is something you drive every single day or one you pull out on Sunday. Everything you need is a few easy clicks away delivered directly to your door. 
RockAuto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car. You choose the brands. You choose the specifications. And most importantly, you choose the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are always super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Right now, go to RockAuto.com. Check out the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? You write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your cars will ever need, all at rockauto.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get to your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. 707-654-4693 is the number, and let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, got a text from Drunk Demon Raider. He says, hey Q, it's Drunk Demon Raider. First time chiming in, but I've been with you since the podcast. You woke up to Mac being traded. Man, I sure do remember that show. (laughs) I remember that show. But anyway, Drunk Demon Raider goes on to say, I was looking for any podcast to give me decent content of what was going on, and every other podcast sounded like they were run by all the delusional Raider fans. I can't stand that. Instantly think we were playoff contenders for signing what you as a realistic person saw as training camp depth at best. Been here listening to you as my opening podcast to my first UPS delivery of the day on the California Central Coast every day since, even listening on my day off. I might not always agree with your view, but at least your view isn't clickbait or delusional fan talk. You're the perfect person for this podcast. I hope you carry this on forever as one day my phone app autoplayed a previous episode with the prior host and I almost fell asleep at the wheel of the UPS truck. Brutal. That's from Drunk Demon Raider. And thank you so much for the kind words, my my man. I do appreciate that. And I'll tell you, uh, when I got this job doing the Lockdown Raiders podcast, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, I was excited about it because it is, you know, it was it was a big brand anyway at the time. But I thought that I could take it to another level. And the one thing I could tell you, say is that I will never, ever candy coat something. I will never tell you something that I don't think it is. I'll always keep it real as far as I'm concerned. Like you said, you don't always have to agree with me. And that's the thing. I don't always want you to agree with me. I want you to come and challenge me. Not, you know, not in a disrespectful way, but just say, hey, I don't agree with you, Q, and that's okay. Because we could talk about it, and I might change my mind and say, you know what? That was a great idea. So that's why this forum is here, as far as I'm concerned. That's why I run it the way I do, where I, I want texts, I want calls, and I want you to say, hey, you know, what you said on Friday didn't make sense, or what you said on Friday, I don't agree with. That's okay, because we can always discuss it. So definitely appreciate you, man, and stay safe out there on that road. As a UPS guy, as a, as a guy that did FedEx for quite a while, uh, I love that job. It was a great job, as a matter of fact, and uh, I had a good time. So uh, make sure that you go out there and do what you do, and, and like I said, live it up while you're doing it, because if you're anything like me, you'll meet a lot of really, really cool people along the way. So thank you so much for that. Next up, I got a call from Quick out of Iowa. He's calling to talk about what's going on with Little Q. That's right. Not necessarily 100% Raider related, but talking about Little Q. as Well, that's family. So here we go. Here's Quick from Iowa talking all things Little Q. Hey, Q, what's happening? This boy Quick from Iowa, uh, born and raised in the 559. Um, sad to to know that your boy couldn't show off uh, against my Lamore Tigers. Um, so I thought I'd just leave a message on something uh promoting what's going good uh, with what you're doing. Uh, you inspire us, keep us going as far as Raiders, and uh, and at the same time, you're an example too, so I want to commend you on that, and uh, good luck to your family. And that's quick 
from Iowa. Peace. Thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I was really disappointed that he didn't get to play that game against Lee Moore because myself and the wife were there to see him, and it just didn't happen because of COVID, obviously. And so that stinks, but they moved on. They played on Wednesday after I, uh, after I was flying already back to Central Texas, and they won that game. Then they advanced to Friday's game, and on Friday they actually won the Valley Championship. So now they're on to play the state championship on Tuesday. So, uh, Lil Q is doing some really big things. I'm so excited for him because he's got these opportunities, and this is his final run. How great would it be to not only graduate, obviously that's the, the most important thing of all, graduate, be male athlete of the year for Roosevelt. He's got his name on the, the side of the building there in the gym, and then to go ahead and win a state championship on top of that, that would be icing on the cake, and then go off and play, you know, play on the next level at Western Oregon. I mean, really, you can't write it up any better. And so he's got that opportunity. So Tuesday, his team will be playing for the state championship. So I'm really, really pumped up and excited about that. So thanks for the call, my man. I definitely appreciate you, and thank you for the kind words as well. Next up is a text from Keegan, texting out of Vancouver, Washington, and said, "What's up, Q? I discovered your podcast a couple months ago, and it immediately turned into a morning routine. I'm a first-time caller, so go ahead and sound it one time, LOL. Anyway, I got something that could bring up some good conversation. Do you think the late-season breakdown the Raiders have had the past few years is more on the coaching, or is it more on the fact that our roster is so young that they haven't quite built up to muscle of an NFL player so they get hurt more or don't perform well all year long, and they're having a hard time adjusting once there's more film out there about how they operate? The first half of the season, we can see the talents there, and then like clockwork, it's gone. Why is that? That's from Keegan out of Vancouver, Washington. You know, there's a lot of theories about that, you know, and, and if you go back and look at the history of John Gruden as a head coach, a lot of his teams outside of the one that won the championship and won the Super Bowl against the Raiders have faded down the stretch. A lot of them have. You'll, you can go back and look. There's, there's actually study that's been out there that a lot of John Gruden's teams have gone, you know, kind of on a, on, a, on a slide to the uh, tail end of the season. And so uh, the Raiders are a very young team. They've got to adapt. But, you know, the first year, John Gr- or not John Gruden, Josh Jacobs was in the league. He was injured towards the end of the season. Last year, uh, the offensive line was banged up. Other guys were banged up. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons that go into it. But ultimately, in an NFL season, every team's dealing with injuries. Every team's dealing with fatigue. You just got to find a way to overcome it. Guys have got to in their mind, be mentally strong and just say, we're going to be better than this. Your mind is your most powerful weapon. Your mind is your most powerful tool and your strongest muscle. You've got to just put in your mindset that you're going to go make it happen. And the Raiders, for the past couple seasons, have failed in the second half of the season. They've got to find a way to overcome that. I do believe that's one big reason why Kenyon Drake is now a member of the Raiders because Josh Jacobs has shown that he's a really good running back. But they need a guy like Kenyon Drake that can also spell him and help him out and really get him through the course of the whole season because that running game is so important to what the Raiders do offensively. So that's kind of part of the theory. But again, it's just it's all about just going out there and making it happen, man. It's not really a one explanation of why uh, they fade towards the end of the season, but they have the last couple of seasons. So definitely appreciate uh, your text, my man. Next up, got a call from Vader God out the 661. He's also a new booty calling in to talk about being a PSL holder, season ticket holder, and want to talk about the Raiders having a new stadium and how great it is and why we're not talking about it. Here he is, Vader God out the 661. Hey, Q. What's going on, man? This is a new booty for you. First time caller. Been listening to you since 
early last year, and man, you got some good stuff. I like what you have to say. I love what you have to share. You're spot on, man. I tried all the other podcasts. Nothing like yours, brother. I'm calling, man, because I myself, diehard Raider fan since 1979. And to have a new stadium for our Raiders is just amazing. I'm also a PSL license holder, ticket holder. Got to go see my seats a couple of weeks ago. 50-yard line on the visitor side because I want to make sure give these visitors a hard time. You know what I'm saying? But I'm really calling because nobody is talking about what I want to hear. We have a new stadium. We have a great stadium. The Death Star is amazing. And if anybody remembers, when the Minnesota Vikings got their stadium, man, they got this awesome chant that everybody does when they get up and start clapping their hands. They start hitting those drums, and you got some guests coming, blowing that on that Viking horn. That's amazing. We need something that's going to be even more amazing at the Death Star. So start talking about it, man. Start telling the people when they go to the game. Let's get something going, something that's going to be tradition, something that's just going to make everybody go nuts. But, yeah, that's all I had to say. I wish I could say more. Vader God, out from the 661. Peace. Raiders. There he goes. That's Vader God from the 661. New booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for that call. And, yeah, I mean, the Raiders got such a great opportunity with that new stadium. I mean, they could really, really shine at Allegiant. Uh, as far as a chant or tradition, that's something, in my opinion, I think is just going to happen organically. I don't know if it's going to be a chant. I don't know if it's going to be something else. I mean, right now, they you know they light the Al Davis torch, but that's just lighting the torch. So I know you, you mentioned Minnesota. Uh, they're one of the places that they do it right. Hell, Vegas Golden Knights, you know, right there in Vegas. They uh, they do the, the whole ringing of the bell, and multiple Raiders have done that. Max Crosby's done it. Derek Carr did it. Jonathan Abram did it. I mean, multiple guys have rang that bell already. Something the Raiders could do to get the crowd fired up right before the game. That would be awesome. But I think that it's one of those things you can't force. You just got to go ahead and make that happen. I don't know how, how they're going to do it, but I think organically is how it's got to happen. If it doesn't happen organically, I think it's a problem. You know, I think, it, like I said, it's forced. And you never you never want to do anything forced. That's just, like I said, just my opinion. So thank you so much for that call, man. Great stuff. Do appreciate you and can't wait to see you there in Vegas. Uh, got a couple more for you, and then we'll wrap up today's show. Got a text from JR out the 818. He says, hey, Q, JR from the 818. New to texting in, but been listening for a few months. Love the podcast. Just wanted to put out there that not a lot of people are putting a ton of pressure on Merrick because he was a second-round pick. It feels like a chip on the shoulder rather than a weight of a first-round pick. I can't wait for this season to start, and I don't know if it's true, but I see some chatter about OBJ in a second and a fifth. Seems unlikely, but who knows? Co-Raiders, that's from JR out the A18. And I think that as far as the Raiders moving and shaking, as far as going and getting a veteran wide receiver, I think that's done. I think Julio Jones was kind of in their, you know, in their eyesight and it didn't get done. I don't think OBJ and his big salary, they're thinking about bringing him in. Uh, I would have no problem with it. I like OBJ a lot. I think he'd be a really, really good Raider, but 
I mean, I, I just don't think that's what they're going to do right now. I think they're going to go ahead and roll the dice with who they, who they have. Now, as far as Trayvon Merritt goes, man, uh, he was a guy that a lot of people expected to go in the first round. He went in the second. So you're right. There's a lot of less chatter, you know, about him because, again, he's a second-round pick. So everyone's looking at Alex Leatherwood like he's got to get it done. He's got to be the guy. But I think Merrick's got a lot of pressure on him as well because he's at the back end of that Gus Bradley defense. He's going to be a day-one starter as well. He's going to be expected to make some plays. I think he's going to have a, a chance to be defensive rookie of the year, but that's just me. So, you know, I think that there is a lot of eyes on him because, again, he was highly touted and really looks as a steal in the second round. So we'll see exactly what happens. But thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Final call for today's show comes from Flavius in Indiana. Really quick call. He's talking about that Memorial Day show that I did and showing respect to the ones we lost and the ones that are presently serving in our armed forces. Here he is, Flavius in Indiana. Hey, I, I haven't been able to listen for a while. I'm just now listening to your Memorial Day podcast. And people hitting you up saying that it's for the people who's been lost. Me being prior service, I don't care who you are. If you've been deployed anywhere, you have lost a part of yourself. So in that aspect, everybody needs to be respected. Everybody needs to be dialed on that day. It, it just bugs me. Okay. There he goes. Flavius in Indiana right there. Thank you for the call, my man. And yeah, any day, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, 4th of July, or just any day on the calendar. And I know I get caught up with this a lot. I don't recognize the military more than, you know, I should do it a lot more than I do. I get caught up in, oh, it's Veterans Day. Let me make sure I shout out the, uh, you know, the vets. Memorial Day. Let me make sure I shout out the ones that we lost. Fourth of July. You know, I do that. And I think that a lot of us are guilty of that. But it always kind of resonates with me again when I'm out somewhere and I see military, you know, at the store buying something. It's easy. Just go up to them and say, hey, thank you for your service. It's so easy and it goes so far. A lot of people don't know that. I challenge you. If you see someone in the military today, if you're seeing someone wearing some army fatigues, go up to them and say, thank you for your service. That's all you need to do. Nothing special. And see how much that makes their day. I challenge each and every one of you that listen to the show today to do that. If you see someone out there, go ahead and recognize them and let them know. Because again, we don't, and I included myself in that, we don't recognize our military, our armed forces, the ones that sacrifice everything they have so people like me, knuckleheads like me, could have opportunities in life that I probably don't deserve, but I have. It's because of those gentlemen those ladies those folks that really put everything on the line something i couldn't do they do so yeah definitely show them some love and flavius thank you for your service as well i appreciate you so that's all i got for you that's a great mic drop moment that's all i got for you for today's show coming up on tomorrow's show more calls and texts straight off that locked on radar podcast voicemail line more news and notes of the day and of course we'll have a lot of things we talk about because that's what we do here on the locked on raiders podcast so until then raider nation stay safe do what you gotta do take care of your family and just win baby